the spirit world has doors. And once you go in those doors, you can't really turn back. You've been there. You've had layers piled on top of you to make you forget that world. But once you step back into it by peeling back those layers, you can't really go back. Things will never be the same again. You cannot unsee it. You cannot unfeel it. It's the most powerful world that you've ever existed in. Yet it's so familiar. It's like you've been there before. You know it so well. And all of a sudden you remember just who you are. The place where you learn to find your way home. I'm Heath Armstrong and this is Never Stop Motherfucking Peeking. It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. If you behave, you'll get a nickel you can spend on stuff. And in time, you'll get a dime if you impress your boss. So you can buy some more stuff just to numb your thoughts. You've been a space-driven higgity hunk of me since birth. Flying through the universe on a rock called Earth. Composed of stardust with an emotional gut. Why you letting conformity slam you up the butt? You're not one fucks, two fucks, red fucks, blue fucks. You can play duck hunt and wait around for luck. Or you can rent a big truck and drive your vision. Build a palace to the moon. While your schmuck friends piss their pants Get up and dance, rocket ship that booty Take a chance for your freedom, make it milk that booby Cause when the fear attacks, it tries to crack what you're thinking Fuck no, you'll never stop peeking Yo, 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 Idaho How was your day? How's your body feeling? Why don't you try to relax your shoulders a little bit? Give those nipples a little twist. Feel what it's like to slap the fascia all around your body. Take the the bottom of your palms and rub them into your eye sockets slowly. Massage your jaw. Do some tribal drumming on the back of your head when your hands cover your ears and listen to what that sounds like. It's quite fascinating. How did we get to this place? How did we get to this exact moment where I'm sitting here talking to you and you're absorbing it and you're touching your nipple and you're squeezing your fascia and we're both thinking about all of these other things that we may be doing later and how they've kind of just washed away for this moment. I don't know how I got here, but I do know that it was through a a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and a lot of risk in ability to have the support around that, that helped me push through some of the moments that look the scariest, the mystery, the scariest hallways to go down to overcome resistance and to actually rechild myself to, to figure out what excitement actually means. So what are you doing in your own life to rechild yourself, to bring excitement around? A lot of times I can look at my own position and I can look at what other people are doing that looks successful and we can think, okay, how can I do that? Or someone might ask me, how did you do that? How do you start? Is it easy? But these questions are so full of resistance. It's slamming blockages up your ass. But they're necessary in a way. It's just that most of us have this this thing where we have our mind made up that the answer that we want to hear, is it easy? Yeah, 
That's what we want to hear. We want to hear, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can do it overnight. You want to hear that. I want to hear that from other people. We want to hear that these things are easy. They can be accomplished overnight. These transitions that we want to make can just flow out. We all want to hear that money from success will change everything in life, from shit to sunshine. We want to hear that that happiness is laying in bed waiting to waiting to sodomize each other in the, the world-shattering effort to create uh, a mass of orgasms forever until death comes knocking at our door at 100 years old with a, a bouquet of flowers and a, uh, a new life that we can just ski into. Welcome to your new life now that you've had 100 years of orgasms. Now you will snowboard for 40 years straight until you move into the next life. We want to hear that it's blissful, that it's so easy to get the things that we want. Nobody wants to hear how hard it is. When you want to make a transition in your life to better, happier, more productive, and free... You can't just think it's easy. And I'm talking to one of my most beautiful, closest friends, soul partners in in this life. And she's been on the podcast before. Olivia Broughton is on today. So hang tight for that. We're going to get into some really deep stuff around the topics of becoming yourself. Becoming yourself through your creativity feeling yourself and allowing yourself to bloom like a lotus flower into this person that you're supposed to be. How to peel back the layers. Is it easy to do this? Fuck no. It's not easy. We don't we don't get to a point where we arrive by by going through easy things. The meaning of life is constantly developing in a in a state of mind and, and learning how to serve and do good for others. We can't really ever be content on arriving because we're always going to want to feel development. And if we're not developing, then we start to get stagnant. And that's when we start to get anxiety and stress. Helping others and being of service in a constant flow in motion is what drives prime happiness and freedom. If you sit around all day and don't do anything, how can you be happy? You can't. You cannot just arrive at success by doing that. You have to take action. You have to help people. It's about as easy as waking up every day and and spearing a fucking dragon that's trying to burn down your life's work. It's not easy. It's extremely hard. It's a battle with resistance gremlins every day to get the fuck up and be productive. To not drink those three fucking beers every night that make you feel like shit and sleep in the next day. It's a war for your freedom every single moment of every day. There are no shortcuts. We want to always think that there's shortcuts. There's not. Shortcuts are for people who copy another trail. It defeats the whole purpose of creating your own life. Create your own path. When you do, there aren't shortcuts. There's just a flow. When you're living in flow, there are no shortcuts that are needed.
in a way, I think this discomfort and tragedy that we have are some of the things that we should be most respectful and grateful for in our journeys. Of course, it's chaotic. Of course, it's painful. It can be outright crippling to experience sometimes, but there is nothing else in the world that motivates and encourages encourages positive growth and change like pain and discomfort. And I'm talking internally and collectively. Without the misery of an unfulfilling and misaligned career or a confusion of where we're at or a feeling of doing something that we don't feel aligned with, without that experience in your life when you've been there and you felt it, what would ever trigger you to step away to create something truly exciting (laughs) exciting and inspiring? And I merged those two words together in my head, excitering. Nothing. Without discontent with broken systems and corrupt leadership, who would ever step forward to create change aligned with goodness and purpose for the well-being of all? Nobody. Without the loss of loved ones and the pain of losing relationships and and close bonds that we've built, who would ever overcome attachments and and fully step into the brightness and and the light that, that... embody self-love none of us whoo the rant is flowing today so that there's this passage i have from niche niche however you want to pronounce it <laughs> i'm not an expert joseph campbell sort of explores it um Joseph Campbell explores this passage when he's talking about Nietzsche, I should say. And there's strength and acceptance even in the darkest part of lives within this that I want to share. So no matter what chaos you're going through, what stagnant energy you're feeling, Olivia and I are going to get into some amazing kind of flow around the conversations of how we can do things that we're not necessarily structured to believe that we can do. And that includes... Why are we building giant, massive machinery to fly into space when we can travel through space every night internally? It's a real thing. But Joseph Campbell said, Nietzsche was the one who did the job for me. At a certain moment in his life, the idea came to him of what he called the love of your fate. What your fate is. Whatever the hell happens, you say, this is what I needed. It may look like a wreck, but go for it as though it were an opportunity or a challenge. If you bring love to that moment and not discouragement and not fear and not resistance, gremlins, motherfuckers, you will find the strength is in the moment. It's there for you. Any disaster that you can survive is an improvement in your character, your stature, your life. And what a fucking privilege that is. He didn't say fuck. I apologize. What a privilege that is. This is when spontaneous. This is when spontaneity. Spontaneity of your own nature will have a chance to flow. It's a trust flow, okay? You're miraculous. Do your best to practice radical acceptance, even if your your partner leaves you high and dry or you find yourself running uh, full speed up of a hill to take a shit because you can't find a bathroom. 
although things can appear dark sometimes, I promise that there, there's a bright and beautiful rainbow headed your way. It's not easy. It's never going to be easy. But just slow down. Like Enjoy finding the simple beauty in helping others and making them smile and reflecting on uh, self-development and, pr- and improvement in every moment that you face. Okay, money's going to flow in and out of your life. It's going to it's going to help you do bigger things with what you want to do in your energy. It, it just makes you more who you are. You don't need it in this moment right now to be a better person. All right. All right, so I'm done with the rant for now. I am going to transition to talking about Olivia because she is fantastic. And I really have been waiting a while to have this one-on-one conversation with her on the podcast because there are very few people in my life that I can, when I am in my worst possible state, I can just, I can get a hold of and immediately start to feel better. There's something so deep that I have in connection with Olivia. I have such a deep love for her. Olivia is an intuitive coach. She's a relational facilitator. She does a lot of work guiding people through medicine journeys. Uh, she's an incredible musician, a, a lover of the human experience, and someone who ultimately teaches others how to really shoulder into this human experience. She's an agent of wholeness and, and change and emergence. And I can't say enough about her. It's, it's like, it's an ongoing thing. She, she has been a support in, in sacred medicine spaces for three or four years now and has recently starting down the path of, of holding her own medicine spaces. She travels all around the world and she holds spaces, um, countries like I always just like, Oh, I just got back from this country or that country. And it's, a. Uh, it's quite remarkable. Her, her genius lies in creating safe, held, and loving environments to, to, to basically support her clients in integrating life and, and moving towards health and wholeness. So if you want to check her out, you can go to olivia-broughton.com. That link is in the show note below. Also at heatharmstrong.com forward slash podcast. Um, she does work one-on-one with people. And if you ever feel anxious or you don't have a direction in life, consider reaching out to her because she's, she's who I go to. And, and I've put some of you in touch with her before and I wouldn't trust anyone's life with anybody better than, than Olivia. I would put her before anyone. So I'm excited to get into this conversation where we dive deep into empathy and what it means to grow up empathetic, how to navigate that in a world where it feels like there are these layers that are trying to be stacked upon you. We get into space travel, we get into Mayan astrology, and we wrap into her work working within prisons with people who have committed uh, murders and and other crimes and how we have to create a better system collectively for supporting every type of person because we are just all projections of each other. So I'll stop it at that. I'm going to get into some jams by my boy Ted. Ted sent this over to me this morning, and I and I love it. And it's just like this funky jam. Uh, I'm going to play that into this interview with Olivia. And then, yeah, I got some other good stuff coming soon. Love you. Hope you're feeling well. Hit me up. Let me know how you're doing. Um, 
you know, you know via email, go to heatharmstrong.com. Obviously, this is brought to you by the Sweet Ass Affirmations deck, which I make with my team. And if you don't have one, grab one on ragecreate.com or Amazon. And we have a, a new one coming out on Kickstarter soon. So stay tuned for that. And that's it. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stickity stinkity riggity diggity beat. Oh, yeah. because it comes to the Mac. I got, as soon as I sat down, I read, so I made, I made this ginger tea, but it's one of the tea bags that has a saying on it. And it says, your strength is shared when you are present for others. Mm. Which isn't, most of these little sayings are kind of like, eh, they are what they are, like fortune cookie type things. But this one really fits you well. So I thought it was, it was a good place to, to open up um i i've been obviously you were on with dr janine sagert when we talked about uh, ayahuasca and psilocybin and 
MDMA in the treatment of PTSD for veterans and then other sorts of trauma that can be stored up inside of people from any type of experience. And that was a really awesome conversation. And if anyone wants to hear that, uh, go back in the podcast index on whatever platform you're looking or listening from, and you can find that interview. It's, it's, uh, I think it's called from shock to awe because they made a documentary about it. And that was a fun conversation, but it was really mainly around her work. And I was really happy to have you co-host that with me, but we actually have never done a podcast one-on-one before. Although I did have your sister on early when I started this show. And if anyone wants to hear that, you can go back and listen to Amelia Broughton, Broughton, Broughton. Um, which we talked a lot about, I think we got into human design and she might've even done a reading on the call for me, like a, a, uh, or, or a tarot reading or something. I can't remember, but she's also quite wonderful. And I met Amelia in Nicaragua and then something really intricate happened where there was some sort of attraction that felt universal with you. And I was like, who's this, who's your sister? Like, who's this girl? Like, who's, who's your sister? And it was just another, if not the most direct, you need to go meet this, this woman and, and you have no other choice. Like, cause it just wouldn't leave my head. I was like, what's going, am I going to seem really creepy if I like start messaging this girl? And is she going to like me too movement me? If I say, Hey, I think, I think we should meet up, you know, cause you never know what kind of reaction you're going to get. But we ended up meeting and I was in Boulder seeing little Holly girl. Two, 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 two. Mm-hmm. And it was just like peas and carrots since then. And you've had, you've shared a lot of really special moments with me. And I can see that going, it's going to continue for forever in this lifetime and previous in all the parallel universes. So I, I'm really just appreciative that you're here. I love talking to you more than anyone. And, and I love seeing your face and and I love being around you, but digital is cool too. And it means a lot to me. Mm, feels so good to be here. Yeah. There's so much good juju between us and, and all the moments and memories we shared. So I'm excited to create more with you always. Yeah. You, you have this really strong for me and, and I see it with other people as well is like, you have a very strong it's just this embodiment of the mother, right? This ability mm-hmm. to really calm stress and anxiety and, and ground out things that may seem chaotic or not grounded. It's, it's almost like you can touch it with your wand or you can speak something with your voice. If your voice is your wand or you can hug and it just all kind of goes away and makes, makes things feel very calm, which is, it's really important to me because if I start getting too airy and I'm like out, I'm like, where I, there's no one that comes to my mind more than I need to probably harass Olivia for a little bit. And that comes with you being extremely empathetic. Right. And I was thinking earlier today about what it must have been like because of the, the duality that you play in and the level of empathy that you do have, but your also ability to understand your empathy more than most people I've ever met and to be able to use it as a, as a, as a tool to help with internal healing, which turns into external healing and things like that. Um, I mean, you've worked within prisons, you work around the world in medicine ceremonies, what, what it must've been like as a child 
feeling that way and then growing up in a society that probably made you feel like you were a little bit crazy. Even like our parents can make us feel that way sometimes. Um, and getting through that phase of like what could have turned into something where you're put on medications and you're told to numb yourself and yeah. then you just end up being a very anxious adult and not understanding anything. And you could have gone down a career path that was traditional. And like, there's so many people in the world that have probably gone that way. What, what was it like for you as, as a little wee little Olivia, you know, coming from Great Britain and living in Texas, I don't know exactly what age you were then, but, um, discovering yourself and, and, and really unfolding into that, that ability to feel your intuition, like how I, I can't imagine it. I know we've talked a little bit about some of the experiences before, but how, how difficult was that? And I want to bridge it into, into something else after we go through it, because I think it's important to discuss. Hmm. I mean, I think the best way to say it now is like, it almost felt like a really bad trip. Like, it, it, I just remember having so many moments of kind of looking at life and feeling I'm like, wait, it's all wrong. Like there's something disconnected. There's something that's not um, matching up because I remember having like really uh, cosmic experiences where I would know something about, you know, my bully or um, where I'd know something about like close friends or something about my teacher. And, um, and it would match up. Like I remember telling my bully, I was like, it's like, like, I just remember having this moment with him. I was like, do, do your parents, like, are you getting bullied at home? Like, because he was just piling it on me and he got shocked. And I just remember being like, so we're not revealed. We're not telling the truth. We're not this is not safe. People can't sense this. This is weird. Like it was almost like the more I started coming into um, sharing the sensitivities, which I imagine a lot of people had, you know, a lot of people had, like knew things they didn't know how they knew, know, or, or, you know, we're, we're tuning into to things like actual reality versus the reality that you kind of get into at school and in your families. And then we're just, like something's off this is you kind of start to get conditioned into just moving the same way and I think what what I noticed is instead of getting like trying to meld in with anyone else I kind of just started standing like being my own going by myself or going with friends that I started I turned into like the healer friend growing up it was the only way to preserve that connection I had um with source so you were actually isolating yourself a lot, but you were creating a role for yourself that helped other people as well. Like it started that young. Yeah. I noticed like a lot of the friends, a lot of the people I became friends with were people that um, needed a lot of help. It seemed. Interesting. Yeah. But your, your role here is obviously to be a magnet to that type of position and whether you know how you're getting there or not, it seems like it's been a natural path for you to, to move into that space. We don't have a lot of, I think everyone's on a different linear scale, right? So I could have, I was very sensitive growing up, but I could have also ended up just hiding and suppressing and hiding and suppressing and, and 
letting it get to a boiling point, which essentially mm-hmm. I did that, you know, I did that until I was 27 or 28. Um, letting your energy out in different ways. It's not the easiest thing in the world. I mean, I, I imagine that when you were there, even if you were being a helping hand to others, which is something that probably was giving you light at the end of the yeah. day, right? It was making you feel like you had purpose. What did it feel like to be, <laughs> to be that girl who, who, uh, could wonder how did I think of that before it appeared or how did I know that before it showed up in, in this world or why am I feeling this way? And nobody understands me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, 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 it just felt conflicting. I think I feel very lucky to have had, you know, a mom that was incredibly spiritual. Like I remember telling her things and her, validating that I wasn't crazy you know she would take me on the weekend she would take me to this spiritual this tiny little spiritual shop down in Houston and it would be like oh that's it's like where I got to be myself and got to read books I wanted to read I got to like be in the fairies and kind of in this other world and then would come back to school or you know come back to reality but I would it almost like I I felt like I had this secret because my mom didn't make me wrong for it but I it was such a it was so disheartening I think to come back into school and be like I I, I'd notice myself get really heavy really fast because it it was just challenging I think it, it it's like how do you continue to um believe in something or stay in connection with spirit or source when so much of your reality is saying disconnect it's, it's, it's almost like feeding the disconnection so yeah super conflicting did you ever have a, a time when you did you ever look at your life and think that you would you would craft out a traditional path in any way to some sort of like normal quote unquote career, or did it always feel like you were just on this, I'm learning how to flow and and learning more about my intuition every day. Mm. And we'll see where that leads me. (laughs) Yeah, no idea. No idea would be where I am at today. I think I was such on the path of being a Montessori teacher. Like I was a Montessori child for a while and then got into the extremes of what is Montessori exactly? Montessori is, is she, Maria Montessori was an Italian, like the first Italian woman. Uh, to be a doctor and then she shifted into education by following this orphanage like tracking the child so it's pretty much this education like method this educational system that follows the child and really um you know instills the like light like pretty much fills and fuels the inner learner that's very nature nature to us and natural to us versus forces a child to need to be something other than what they are so it's really like following the child so I was like that's what I'm gonna be I love children I'm a child like I got to stay in connection with my silliness and my play and and my explorer and so that was like my medicine path which was its own medicine path deeply becoming a teacher and you know like learning how to just continue to do I wanted to be the teacher that I that I wish I had had yeah. You know, that one that keeps saying, nope, keep shining. Don't get, to, don't get conditioned. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, we're on this never ending path of delayering ourselves, or we talk about the amazing and wonderful Brie and Bjorn and, and how they have the school of unlearning. It, it really is a peeling back of layers. And yeah, I, every time I peel something back, I, I find a little bit more of my pure raw self. And in that rawness, that's where I find creativity that actually has a a passion or a purpose behind it. Like I don't today, like I'm like, I do all these things on the internet and I make all this stuff and I, and I try to be the best I can as like a role model or, or a leader in some ways to, to help, you know, encourage creativity and, in that hero's journey of following passion. But more and more recently, I've just been like, I almost, I feel like I just want to disconnect completely from this grid, this like secondary Mm -hmm. grid that we are interested. Like, it's like we're in between worlds. We have this digital world and we have this physical world. And the more time I spend in the physical world, like when we were in Mount Shasta together or anytime I'm with you, Anytime I'm with magical people outside, anytime I'm by myself outside with Sachi, I feel such a greater sense of, of relaxation and joy than I do doing any of the other stuff. But mm-hmm. the, the craft of creating and the releasing stuff is also quite amazing because I do have a lot of interactions with people who have found some of the work I've done and have reached out and said, this helped me completely change my life. I quit my job. I started this business or I'm, I'm going to this part of the country way far away from where I grew up and I'm going after my dreams and I, I believe I can do it now. And like you helped me influence that, but like, I, I don't know, Olivia, it's, we peeled back those layers to find that, that child that we are like, we don't, but we're just, we're teaching ourselves the entire way, right? Like the monastery teacher, like that's the, that's kind of like the wayfinding, right? Is that the same thing? Mm. It's you follow the child on their path and you sort of mentor them until they find out what they want. I feel like we, I'm doing that to myself right now, which is. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's like you make the space, you just make space available for learning to happen. It's like, I think yeah. like when you talk about like the peeling back layers, it's like any shoulds that we have or conditioning, or this is the way to be successful. And here's how you need to, help the world and here's like even even the things that can be of service now have become can can land in the lens of conditioning like well you need you should help this is how you should do it and and um i think there's a way that the more we actually peel back these layers of conditioning these layers of you know what's been told to us growing up and how we should be is as citizens and you know as as friends and family i think we'll actually begin to touch the our nature which is of service i believe which is in connection with all things with which is you know wanting to grow and emerge and always be better and make the world better like i think that is our nature but it's been so instilled and and conditioned out of a lot of us that we've forgotten it and so it feels like the art of remembering you know, it's yeah. like nature is a huge remembrance. It's like, for me, it's like you walk outside and you're like, everything just, it, it's, it's just being and it's working in communion with each other. And it's, and it's, you know, in support of things flourishing and, and things dying, you know, it's that, that, that kind of ecosystem that's, 
there. There's a system for everything. I mean, everything works. We, we sometimes yeah. as humans think that we've placed ourselves in the middle of everything and that we are really the controllers, but no, like everything works on its own in nature. I mean, everything, it's like complete yeah. life to decomposition and back to life again. Uh, it's, it's the, the balance of chaos and, and growth. It's, it's the infinite, you know, it's the infinity loop over and over again in these cycles mm. that happen. It's just experiencing it as a whole nother trying to, <laughs> trying to understand it is just like, I go, I always go back to that. Stop trying so fucking hard to figure this out because you are, whenever I do that, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I, I do mm. see a lot of beauty in, I guess, finding my marbles or, or my sanity when I'm walking outside, no matter where I am, if I'm in a concrete jungle or if I'm in a forest and every single thing I look at just saying, thank you, yeah. or I love you and trying to build the awareness around like everything that's around you and what must have been involved, what kind of radiant energy or pulses must have been involved or, or love or hate or whatever must have been involved to create this thing. And, and, not trying to judge or like put a label on it that's negative that creates space between you and it and and understanding more so that it is a part of you and it seems like so wacky but it's the more you believe this or I, I guess in my experience I mean the more I I merge myself with my surroundings and become one feeling with it one heartbeat with it I seem to to really understand like more along the lines of what it means to contemplate death or to yeah. truly cherish life. And, and what am I doing with my actions every day, you know, to, to, mm. to honor that, I guess. Mm. How beautiful. Yeah. I think, I think you really touched on something. Like it feels like right now we're moving from the I to the we, like where, where, you know, we, we've like so many of us, like, you know, solopreneurs and, and this, like, this is my path and this is my healing. And, and I think that is still so true. Like we all have our journey. And I think when I am holding you, when I'm, when I'm in relationship with you as a, we, and I am like honoring your path and there's actually a path for all of us to move together. Like, how do we, it's like the more of us that can actually begin to hold each other with reverence and with honor and with dignity and with like, Oh, we're all in the same spaceship. We're all going somewhere. Um, you know, this, this, yeah, I'm, I'm like struck by this, you know, my roommate, she's profound and she, um, Rachel Lyons, she, she's the uh, space rage executive director for space for humanity. And she, they, they speak a lot about this overview effect that astronauts have when they go out into space and they, they look back on the earth and they're like, Oh my goodness. We, yeah. what? And that's, and that's, that's getting in touch with the, we, you know, big time that, okay, guys, we've, we've got to do this <laughs> together. You know, how do we, how do we and communicate? Shout out to Jared who yeah. has been on the show before that many of you may be familiar with also works with Rachel and they're mm -hmm. both, I think Jared has been working on a, a podcast, a set of interviews about called the overview effect, I believe that may be coming out soon. So. Yeah, I think, I think it's so needed. And this is, and this is what we get in contact with, right. With medicine, with, with meditation, with um, even a sport. Sometimes when people are all on the same, they're all 
in it together. Yeah. And I'm like, so how do we, how do we take this? How do we turn our daily life into, you know, a trip into space, into a medicine journey, into, you know, being on the same team? Because I think that's the shift. Yeah. Is when we start to want, <laughs> want greatness for each other. I can see this video for you that's listening. You can't see the video, but Olivia is very animated with her hands and she speaks a lot with her body. And she also has this crazy orange yellowish glow going on around her face right now, which is not surprising. I've spent some nights with Olivia and she wakes up, but she doesn't actually wake up. She's asleep. She, while she's sleeping, she picks her crystals up. She puts them places on my body <laughs> And she channels all sorts of different languages that are legitimately like I'm being connected directly to some ancient, you know, South American indigenous tribal, you know, council. And it's a very interesting experience. But when we talk about when I when I talk about the caliber of of the, the connection to past and present and earth that Olivia has, it's it's not to be underestimated. Um, and there's not a lot of ways mm. to convey that other than to tell the stories about you <laughs> while you're sleeping with your eyes open and not remembering it, you know? So, um, yeah, it's the overview. It's, it's, um, it, it, I can look at a picture of earth and I can't even begin to connect the dots of what it would feel like being in space and looking back on earth. And I mm. hope I get that opportunity someday. And, um, Maybe you will be very, maybe we'll be like close to the line because we know two people working within the company that's trying to make that a possibility for people. <laughs> but like, I, I don't know, like years, time warps. It's, we, we never really, we never really know how fast stuff's going to go. I, yeah. Whenever I talk to Raging Ruth, my grandmother, who's 98 or 97, she's turning 98 this year. Uh, she legitimately didn't have electricity and like rode horse and buggy when she was a child. So to think that, We've got Starlink blasting into the space now, and we have the ability to 3D print organs for the body. And, and you know, yeah. all there are so many crazy things that they probably don't even release to us that we don't know about yet. But I, I sit down and I think about all that stuff, but then I also come back to like the more you learn your intuition, the more you can actually develop these powers yourself without any need for that kind of thing. Um, I mean, some of the synchronicities we've had with our brains together, it's like, what? And you, yeah, you can't yeah. It's wild. It's, you know, it, it has me think. I remember talking with Tata Eric, one of my teachers. He's a Mayan elder, and he is just pure heart. He just is. And I was talking to him. I was telling him about Rachel and the work that she does. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's amazing to see how far we've gone in space now. You know, how, how, far, like, how far they're getting to. And he was like, like we've been traveling that far and farther, you know, for, for yeah. many, many years, you know, he's, he's like, this is, you know, years. <laughs> traveling through flowers and just there, him, you know, his people and have been doing this, have been traveling. I think it was, and I could totally be butchering this, but NASA or something at some point where had tracked that the Maya had tracked all these constellations that they were just beginning to find. And they were like, how did you know this? How yeah. Without, this? without equipment. And it, it, if you get deep into the, the loom of my, like the, 
I've been nerding out, obviously, as you are, since spending time around Todd Eric. Um, going down some other routes of just things that have popped into my life, certain books that I didn't go searching for, but they just showed up. And I was learning about, you know, the Maya people, they were kind of two phases of Maya, Mayan civilizations. And the first one, it seems like they just appeared out of nowhere for a particular reason, already had technology, set up all of these pyramids. And it, it if you talk and listen to Todd Eric and they're, it's almost like they're they're doing something to align the earth with the resonance of the sun to communicate throughout the star system in a, a harmonic module, which is the Tolkien calendar. I mean, it is a harmonic module. So mm. all of that happens, like, it seems like it's totally possible they showed up here with a mission to complete something and then they sort of left. And then there was the second wave of Mayan people who were sort of just like left over and sort of started to um, merge in with other cultures that were around them. And, and that became newer civilizations. And then the Aztecs and, and all of these, these things that happened. And there was sort of like, that was a species of amnesia. Like we feel like we kind of are today with, they were sort of remembering who they were, but there were a lot of quote unquote, what they call wisdom keepers in those groups that were continuing the tradition of these, that first group of, of Mayans who could have been called something else. I mean, it could have been before the Olmecs. I, I, all I know is I know nothing, but I get, it, it makes a lot of sense, right? It's like their sole purpose was to show up and do something to align the earth for a particular bigger event, much bigger than our planet, much bigger than our solar system. Um, that means they have the capability of traveling through space and space travel doesn't have to come with physical objects in our 3d yeah. world. It comes from a vibration of energy that can be created if you hit the right frequencies. And the, the whole Mayan calendar is it's literally not like when you look at those 13 dimensions or threads, like, a number is not a number like we know in our our numerical system. A number is yeah. a frequency. It's it's a it's a vibration, and so all these pyramids and whether it was in Egypt or or in South America, like you have to even going just to Tesla, like it, it's very clear that there's a vibration happening when you put certain people in certain positions and you know how to navigate that. That you do space travel, and then there's obviously methods for doing that as well with medicines and yeah taught yeah i remember taught eric uh one time when i was you know going into ceremony and i kind of started to fade into that that world of traveling through space and he showed up and was just like welcome to the spiritual world my friend a, a place where you find your way home and it was like i was i was like oh He's, in, he's operating in this world. Like he's living in this world too. Like he knows how to do this. And I, I'm in this, but I couldn't just like snap back if I wanted to right now. I'm just stuck here for a little bit. And uh, yeah, it, it, it that is funny because I was thinking about him and what his reaction would have been to like these rockets that we're building. Because he's like, it's completely, you know, it's, it seems like- so it, it's, it's on the tang tangible level, right? Like it's on the yeah. tangible where it's like, Oh, it's a physical thing that takes, you know, minds that are just brilliant, brilliant minds to create these, these, these ships to go up into space. Like, of course, like, and you have to know that there are many, many different layers to the human, 
to the our how our multi-dimensional being you know all of the different avenues that we could take to travel to believe and to think that we're only physical we're only these physical things to get up into space is one thing but you know our spirits are i know it's almost like it's the same similar principle to like consciousness of in if you look at the sun and you think that that's not a conscious living thing yet everything that it creates from its power most things are like humans or animals or organic matter it's it's sort of laughable how much of an illusion that we're in with that um but that goes back to the stuff we talked about before I started this call, which I'm not going to dive too deep into, but it's that light and life frequency. Like light is the mechanism that brings ideas and basically direction to life. And mm-hmm. that's how the Tolkien calendar works too. It's like you're, it's, it's the coding, it's the galactic code that brings the information into life and tells DNA what to do. And it tells you how to evolve and I just get to hang out with people that are buzzing all the time, you know, like we're just buzzing butterflies hanging around like cuddle puddles. Like give me a hug and tell me you fucking love me. You know, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you, when like the more I've started to follow the Mayan calendar, it's, it's, it gives, it gives a day so much more to me in some ways because they're speaking to these vibrational you know the day lords and the vibrational frequency of the day and just what this day holds and this is what they used to track to like when to plant seeds and when to have counsel and when to make decisions and when to dive deep into journey like they would find a day and they would be like oh this is perfect day to do this for for my own life path and my for my tribe's life path and like you know it's it's just like we have this Roman calendar. We have these, these days that are based off of names and, and, and like January, <laughs> February, moon cycles. Nothing, <laughs> yeah, nothing to do. And it's just kind of like one of January. What, what, what does one of January hold? You know, it can, yeah. can, can we actually start to link what, whether it's mine, whether it's, you know, Celtic, like what, whatever the lunar cycle, you know, Chinese new year, which is today, which is amazing. Happy Chinese new year. Um, whatever it is that we're tracking and following, make sure when it make sure we're not just doing it. Like, I think that's something I've been really thinking about too. It's like the intentionality that, you know, taught Eric calls, you know, with these days, it's like, are we just, living our life going about the days of the calendar or are we are we holding intent and intention in everything that we do including the day that we have just woken up in that we didn't have to yeah yeah i didn't know if i was going to wake up with my one last night because i was in this whole like multi-murder mystery like three dudes i work with got like murdered and then like they were trying to pin it on me and i was trying to explain why i didn't do it and it was the most intense earthing mats will send you into some serious lucid dreams but it's kind of reflecting the way that my mind had been feeling lately like but it's so true i, I was listening to a terrence mckenna talk the other day and, and he was he had a proposition for a new type of calendar that was based on the lunar cycles and it's actually quite brilliant, but it, it, it goes similar. Like the, the Mayan calendar and the Tolkien, it, it, 
it's not always the same every day, right? It's, it, uh, it's 260 day cycle, but like your birthday in relation to our Gregorian calendar changes throughout the year. So you actually change throughout seasons and it's a continuous that, and the reason for that is so that you can take on different archetypes throughout your life and understand which one you're moving into and what that means for the, the certain energy and development of your life in the moment. And Terrence, he was like, he, he had proposed that there was a 13 month year and there were about 28 days based on lunar cycles. And you have to add that extra month for some reason, I believe. But he's like, we would enter in a month between August and September, and we would call it Remember. And this would be a full month of nothing but celebrations to our ancestors to remember why we're here as people, you know? And, and it's like, it makes so much sense. And how do you go into a world like this where the majority of things connected to the tech world are all based on the Gregorian calendar. Like I, I con, I do a lot of work with people around the world and in, including in China and like they are doing the celebrate, they take the entire month off around right now to celebrate their new year. And I'm sure there's a lot of amazing cultural uh, ancestral traditions that are involved with that. What do we, what do we do here? Like there, what do we have? We have like Easter, like we, yeah. I don't know. Like, do we, we have Christmas like, what is that? That's a, that's a, it just seems like there's not even one, one time of the year that I grew up learning was meant to be for celebrating anything to do with nature or ancestors. Yeah. And that's, it's all commercial. It's all marketing. It's fucking Looney Tunes. So yeah, that's, I, I guess that's why I'm so drawn to this. It's when I talk to you and I'm, I'm happy I talked to you because I then can work through blockages and I signed up for the, the class, you know, like I kept feeling like I needed to do that, but I wasn't doing it. And I was making excuses. And then like, you can just, you asked me like two questions and I moved through to it. I'm like, Oh, I need to sign up for this. And then it immediately pulls me back into this more spiritual path that helps me ground myself. And I get an email from non Hetty and it's like the most beautiful email from her. And I'm like, Oh, I do have support. I'm not just like some loser, like alone in a, you know, fucking high rise in Nashville for the next two months, thinking about how I'm worthless. There actually really is a lot of love out there and support. Um, but this, there's something about this calendar, like drawing me in. It's, it's really, I wanted to know what it's like to, to live naturally with in, in unison with, with the world and like synchronicity yeah. of nature. Like I want to sow those seeds when it's time to do that. I want to go, I want to know when that day is where I'm supposed to feel really down and just do nothing but sit and process pain. Cause whenever that hits me blindsided, I'm all confused. And I'm like, why do I feel anxious? Why do I feel this way? And then I look at the Mayan Oracle and I'm like, Oh, Oh, today I'm not supposed to. And it always, yeah. it always nails it. Like it's never off. Like everything yeah. it always says, I'm like, Oh, how does that always sync up? This is not ironic. You know, it's, it, this is, this is very, very dialed in and it's something that was yeah. practiced for thousands and thousands of years and, and probably beyond life on this planet, I would imagine wherever they came from. So, yeah. And you can start telling the days, like I've noticed for me, the more I've like started following it, it's like, it's like the, the, the days that I don't, that, that are challenging for me, like have started to be like this one day Lord. I'm like, oh, okay. We're on that day. Like, which one is this, it? Huh? Uh, and mush is hard. Mush days. Mm. Yeah. Mush. Yeah. I feel like I have a really hard time on, on 
Ben. On Ben Dave. Which one's Ben? Because you're that's the Yeah, I always use the other language. It's it was just taught taught Eric's birthday, I think, was Ben. Didn't he just have a birthday is, on the thirteenth? He was born into the thirteenth. I think it's. Oh, I, I thought know, that was the. Uh, Sakin. No, Sakin. He's Sakin. No, I can't. I don't know what he is. I'm not. I don't remember. Well, if I, I might have just paired the. Uh, I know he was born in Thirteenth Dimension, right? On. I don't remember, but it was a couple of days ago. It wasn't today's the second day, right? Of the. The thirteen. Today is yeah two M E N. Yesterday Today. was one eeks eeks. How do you pronounce it? Eek. 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 Yeah. And then it was the, yes. the day before that. Today, Yesterday was today is too. yeah, today is um Kai Sikin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is men if you're doing so, it the other way. See that? 13 Ben. Aj. Yeah, so that's Oshlahun Ah. Oh, you're getting good. Yes. Ashlahun. Or ahi. It, uh, I think it's ah. Uh, yeah, it's just like I an A and a J. I'm so but I always looked at the so B-E-N because it seemed like it was way more suitable for my gringo, you know, giraffe ass. Yeah. Um, Olivia, what – I was just going back to what we were talking about initially. What, what do you think was – did you ever have anyone – because I was thinking about my transition and people that popped into my life when I started to make transitions towards doing what felt right with my intuition. And I, I know that you – were very dialed into your intuition as a young, as a little youngling. Um, and I think we all are in some way. It's just how much do we get out of touch of it is the question. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember anyone in particular coming into your life when you were younger that like drastically helped you stay on that path or an experience that you might've had that pushed you farther into that direction as opposed to like going and becoming something in a traditional sense? Mm. My mom's, my mom's close friends. <laughs> I think, you know, uh, uh, my dance teacher. So that was one of my mom's close friends. My dance teacher was, her name is Trish King. She's, she's, you know, someone that I would say just is love. Like she's heart, she's welcoming. And so she really supported me in, in, falling more in love with just the oddness of humanity and uh, my own humanness. She was wacky and weird and just, it's, it's so interesting. She wasn't, it's not like she was spiritual and she was like all of this. It was like, she just welcomed the humanness. And I think that's so much of who I am is just getting to fall in love more and more with just the wacky, weird, odd, strange ways we show up. It's all and, love. Um, it's all love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think also just pulling in, you know, really people that just had hard lives. And we were, I was constantly in touch with them permanently when I was younger. I had a lot of friends that were suicidal. And, and I think just kind of puts things in per- perspective. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's like, yeah. What was it like what, going into the, the prisons and working with some of some it's, it's really like an avenue that 
mostly no one can understand unless you've been in there. It's a whole nother world, yeah. right? As far as what it would feel like to essentially grow up and be taught certain things about yourself until like you have all this pain boiling up and then you do something erratic and then they lock you in a cage for it, even though it really wasn't your fault. Like it's a, it's a fault of society. It's all of us. It's yeah. a collective thing. Totally. It's an imbalance that we should have support systems in place for. You went in on several different occasions and, and sort of were there, you were there to listen, right. To listen and to help them understand the beauty or the benefit of discovering love through authentic relating essentially. And I've only heard just a little bit about it, you know, and, yeah. and I'm just curious as to what it feels like. I guess maybe what it feels like isn't the right word. If somebody is in that state, like a, a very helpless, harsh state, like what, what is it that you do with them? Like, how do you talk? Well, what kind of conversations did you have to release trauma or, or these blockages that might've been causing that much pain? Mm. I think, you know, some of the moments that stood out the most to me was where, where I had compassion for them, actually gave them a bridge for them to have compassion for themselves. I noticed with being with them, there were just moments where, yeah, we'd get into these deep, deep layers of what their childhood was like and, you know, what the stories that they make about themselves and what it means that they're, you know, a prisoner and, and just the, the, like, I just had so many moments where I was like, wow, if I were in your shoes, I would have probably made the same decision. You know, like there just so many moments that I, I could resonate with and I could imagine myself being in the same situation and, um, just how, how much of an impact having the support I had growing up or, you know, that one friend that called me to, you know, that, that one friend that stood up for me when I was you know, starting to deeply get into drugs and deeply get into alcohol, like that, that one person that would stand and say no, or like pull me into the other side. I'm just seeing how quickly our lives can shift without support. And I'm not saying that every single individual there, you know, um, uh, we just forget that humanity has so many different colors and different ways of showing up. And I think the more that we can support each other, even in the darkest and have compassion and understand why someone did what they did instead yeah. of needing it to be any different, like having compassion for them. I think we can actually start to shift in the direction we want to move in as a, as a, you know, world. Cause that there would be men and women that just would break down into tears. The moment that they got that they're not bad and they're not a, a horrible person you know, or that they're not any less human because they're in, in prison. Yeah. 
it's really accepting them and welcoming them and loving them. I, I love, I got, I got to be, a, I, I became a better person getting to go in there. Like I just imagine a world where we actually could begin to have conversations where it's not so separate. We put these individuals in prisons and, you know, like punishment. And I think that, you know, it, it makes sense that we do, we want to, we think need punishment is the answer. And I think conversation and communication and connection is the answer. How do we move through this? How do we hold someone in community that killed people or killed a lot of how, whatever it is, and how do we move them through the pain? Mm. You know, because what we're doing right now isn't working. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a thing. And there's the whole side of the prison system that feels like big business. And when I've traveled around the world, I, I've noticed that a lot of times if you have a criminal history, you've done something or you have a disability, instead of putting you farther in a box, there have been many countries I've been to that actually do have quite remarkable programs in place to, to offer support and avenues for, for moving through that and healing. Right. And yeah. whether that be teaching instruments or giving a, a certain position, like I, I know I've been to some places where people that had been in trouble were then their position was to, to be hanging around the streets and protecting vehicles from being broken into yeah. or, you know, to, to support the tourist industry or the people that are coming in and spending money in the town. Or I, I saw one time I was in Thailand and it was really beautiful. There was, it was like all of these people that were unfortunate enough to have like lost limbs, legs or, or arms. And they were all in these giant groups and they would play instruments and they, they would play like beat on buckets. They all had different things, but they would come together in the most harmonically beautiful thing. And they'd be out at the markets and it was just all, it was an organization that put them together for support. And then they were able to get tips and live off of that. And that's cool. You know, that's something that I, I feel like there's obviously a fine line between somebody who goes and kills a bunch of people and what they should be able to, yeah. to do, because we don't know how the mind, we really don't know how we navigate the mind. Right. And, yeah. and the, the, the imbalance and what that can cause, but uh, there's just so, there's so much beauty in everyone. If we can just make it okay to feel that way. Yeah. I mean, it's really asking the question is what's the best way to support this individual, you know, yeah. someone that kills seven people, the best way, the best way to support them wouldn't be to give them that role, right. Of like, you know, making sure cars don't get broken into would be like, okay, what would, what would be the best avenue for this person to get the support that he or she needs? Yeah. And, um, and I think when we ask it in that way, it's not, it's not coming from the, well, how do we punish this? I remember having a student in my class who I think a lot of people would have called the problem child. I think that's what happens is that a child is in the classroom and he's not following the rules and maybe causing disruption. And if you use that as, as a really telling sign, okay, I'm not, this, this child is not getting supported. 
so how do I support him? And I just remember being like tracking him, like he'd always, you know, disrupt, you know, others from doing their work and just, you know, just how would have sarcasm and would talk out a lot. And I was like, Hey, like, it seems like he really wants, it almost seems like he wanted a role. He wanted to have a role in the classroom. He loved speaking and you just put him in front of the class and you have him teach something or be in charge of, you know, can you make, can you make sure that, uh, you know, this gets tracked in the classroom or that we, that when everyone's, you know, the group leader or whatever it might be for a time being, and he just flies, you, you don't turn them, you don't label them as something and, and they just soar. And I'm like, yeah. wow. And do we stop? When do, when do we, when do we stop believing that someone is able to soar? You know? Right. And, and when, when you have that support, it's like, that's when you feel comfortable enough to create from your prime use, like to actually share these colors that are coming from yourself. I've watched you. You're, you're really an amazing person because you, you discover something and then you, you go hard, but like, you don't, it's not like you diddle. You, you really put yourself fully into something physically and mentally and spiritually and therefore, like it unfolds in a in such a magical way. For instance, when you started playing guitar and singing, like that wasn't something you grew up doing much of. I mean, I don't think did you play instruments when you were growing up? Did you? I like hit it and quit it. Like I think I just would play some, and then I'd just stop. So yeah, sometimes so now, a little like bit a of violin. Oh, nice violin! You should get that one out too. But like I've watched <laughs> you just you pick up a guitar and then you just start. And you dial into that, that channel and that intuition and that soul, and it just starts coming out. And like, it's, it's improv and it's beautiful. It's like a muse mm -hmm. that, that's coming out. And you, now you're doing it with piano and you're putting instruments with your voice. And I've seen you in, in ceremonies and it, obviously there's no doubt in my mind that you were on this planet to be singing in ceremonies and, and holding space. And, um, really that just comes down to, to helping others feel loved, right. And helping mm -hmm. others feel comfortable. And you're, you're sort of like, you're just a giant channel of love from whatever, mm -hmm. wherever that infinite source of love is, you're here and you're, you're, you're letting it flow through you through different creative avenues and stuff like that. I get, for me, there was a lot of transitions to discovering like how I can do that in this world, whether it be through writing or, or playing an instrument and learning much slower pro progress than you, <laughs> but still showing up and doing it. Right. Um, how has that impacted your, your latter life? Like how have things changed since you started to really practice some of these practice, letting your intuition teach you new things and paying attention to it. Cause I think a lot of people get to a point where we're in a, a stuck routine and we were doing the same things and we're not learning anything new. And we're listening to the same bands we listened to when we were young and we're, we're watching TV shows with our free time. And, um, we're eating the same foods that we buy from the grocery store and not really exploring. We, we stop exploring. How, yeah. how is, ex, how is continuous exploring for you in these different areas really helped open up these wings that you keep opening up bigger and bigger? Hmm. Well, I think we touched on it a little bit earlier. It's about like that automatic programming, right? Like I think even 
even when you're growing and and you know more maybe like more conscious because you're growing more and you're you're learning more and you're reading more books and whatever it might be I think we can still get into these habitual automatic programming I um so it's really checking myself on that like am I am I just on like in this cycle with my music and singing or do I want to stretch into something or you know where am I actually not choosing when where am I just letting happen and you know even with my friendships like recently I've kind of like messaged a bunch of my friends and I was just like look I don't want to be I don't I don't want to be I I want you in my life forever like you know something I want you in (laughs) long I want you in my life as long as it serves both of us and to do that, I notice I want to be in complete integrity with myself. And I want you to be in complete integrity with you, however that looks like. And, um, and in that, I don't want to be just on automatic with you. And that can be like, well, believing that they just are a certain way, you know, yeah. or that I am a certain way in this connection. That's just how we are. You know, you know, I, I rarely ever call and they, you know, just kind of expect that I'm just never going to call whatever that is I'm like I don't want I want to be really um, integritous in my connections and supporting making space for growth and that means really paying attention where I where I am stagnant and so I think the the excitement of learning comes when you kind of also make space for learning and sometimes we get so cluttered with stories and just habitual patterns that we can't actually um, we don't actually have space for the growth that we're so desiring yeah yeah we don't and we put space in between us and the growth that we're desiring and then yeah we we don't know how to remove that space to become one with it essentially i do it every day so i'm like what the fuck am i doing like just going to end up with my pants down again. And I don't, I don't know. It's all when the going gets weird, the weird turns pro I've, I've done, (laughs) I I did realize how much I've worked through, like, because when I'm around my dad in particular, or people that have tempers, I'm not saying that my dad, my dad's like a giant teddy bear, but he has this hilariously bad temper sometimes over the stupidest shit. And I, and I see like, exactly how I could have been and how I once was. Cause I used to do the same thing when I was younger and it, it would affect relationships and things like that. But I haven't had an, like, I haven't been angry in a long time. And I think that's why I've been able to make the transitions that I have, because that might have been one of the biggest things that I needed to work through in this lifetime was the, the anger card or the temper card. And, um, now I'm like, well, what, what else is there? I, I don't want to be in arguments with people. Like, I don't, I just, I don't want to argue about dumb things. I I want to get to a point where we are just here to say like, let's love everyone and tell the truth and, and catch myself when I start thinking things that aren't necessarily fully true, or I'm like exaggerating something to someone because I want them to believe it more. And, and like being able to be okay with that and, and then say, well, why, why do I feel like I can't just give the raw? Is it that, is it, is it going to be this boring? Is it, am I this, like, what can we find with our raw selves that is so Mm -hmm. beautiful? And 
I, I don't know. Next time when you're anyone out there, if, next time you're in an argument, just, just legitimately stop with whoever you're arguing with and, and think about and do this with them. Like, let's just think about where we're both going to be in a hundred years. Cause it's going to remove the argument right then. It's like, Oh yeah, you're right. Where are we both going to be in a hundred years? Uh, do we really need to be arguing over these crackers right now or whatever the fuck? Like, yeah. do I, do I need yeah. to be arguing over why I wore my girlfriend's underwear for a day? Like, it's, it's just like, stupid shit like I, I didn't realize I grabbed the wrong underwear you know yeah and and really getting it's like but even then it's you know sometimes we can both be so in that argument like that space that we're no longer in connection with each other yeah it's not there <laughs> it's all so, love mm -hmm. yeah, getting back it's to all that love hey what's the most I'm just gonna I'm gonna round this conversation out with this um because we've been talking for an hour already and you can come on whenever you want, which I'm excited for. But, uh, what's, what have you been, what have you been studying lately? What's been, what's been piquing your interest that I'm not aware of right now that you've been really going deep on, whether it be a person that you've been kind of learning from or, a uh, practice or, mm. you know, eating a bunch of Twinkies every day to, cope with your anxiety yeah only on Tuesdays you know um <laughs> besides just flying that, around the world constantly and, and doing yeah. ceremonies you, you learn so much from your situations that you're in it's like you know stuff that we're not going to get too in depth with here but um mm. yeah I didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead no you're great hmm I love this question. So many things. I think the one that feels most loud right now is like the practice of self-love. Doesn't always have to be um, like I'm still. I still have so like some like so many areas of me that I'm like, oh, I still don't love this part. Whoa, okay, and. And the part, these parts have been getting so loud and what I've been recognizing and realizing is I think so, so often we can think that when parts show up or these wounds show up that we've gone back, like what I've been doing all of this growth. And I thought I loved me. I thought I was at this destination or wherever we think that we need to be after we've done so many years of this. And what I've been recognizing is it's, it's, it's almost like, oh, I have more tools now to be able to support these deeper layers of myself that I've fallen out of love with in my lifetime, in the lifetimes before me, you know, and I'm, I now get to learn how to love these parts. And it has felt like full blown, it's felt like a constant parenting. Like I have to be on, you know, in, in those moments where my self-love rears his head and it's so subtle that I don't catch it or my lack of self-love rears, rears her head and, and I don't track it and I miss her. And then like, it, she's like kind of worming her way into parts of my life. And I'm like, Whoa, it's, it's kind of like one of those moments where you turned your back for five minutes and the kids already painted the walls with, you know, all the, like <laughs> the crayons yeah. and paints and all the things. It's like, I left for one 
I had to, you know, it's, it's that feeling of like, okay, how do I keep slowing down and keep showing up and keep listening and keep paying attention and keep not pay, making a story about it. And what I'm finding is like, the more I'm going into that for myself and slowing down with me there, the more I'm getting in touch with parts of the world that are loud and are calling for more self-love. So it's like, I'm just like, what? We are so in this, we're just all connected. <laughs> and I'm like floored by it. The itsy bitsy so. spider went up the water spout and touched your nipple with its web. Mm. Um, thank you so much. Where, <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. Where I, I want to say this to anyone listening, because if someone comes to me and, and they're having any sort of issues with clarity in life, the person that I always think of is Olivia and she is quite brilliant. And I know that you're very busy a lot of times, but you do do sessions, um, to help people navigate what, what feels right and what, what is pulling you. And, and it's quite, it's just a whole nother level of an experience. So if anyone wants to find you and, and get in touch with you, where, where can they do that? Best bet is my website. Yeah. I'm not really on social media. I mean, they can find me on social media and DM me there. I, I just try to stay. Slide into your DM girl. <laughs> I tried to stay off of social media, but um, so they can, but they can find me there. Uh, mainly my website, which is olivia-broughton.com. Someone as tuned in as you, why would I, you ever stay off social media, Olivia? I have no idea. Like, why would that ever happen? <laughs> I, I have so much try, so much trouble with it these days. Like yeah. not wanting it to be anywhere within my scope, but also understanding that it's the way that I communicate with a lot of people through DM or whatever. It's like, and there's like so many, there's like 10 different fucking messaging platforms now. And I'm like, what I am I, I'm like always checking all of them. I'm like, can we not just have one that puts all of them together by now? Like, is that yeah. possible? But yeah. I mean, I recently got into, have you heard of clubhouse? No, please. Let's add Great. another one. No. <laughs> that sounds quite one. scandalously <laughs> kinky too. So, yeah, Clubhouse is one that I I'm really enjoying. I think it's invite only right now, but it's essentially oh. gonna go public soon. But it's great. I mean, it's because it doesn't have all the. There's so many things on when when you get to a certain point with social media, it seems like. Yeah. Just go nuts. What is the premise of Clubhouse? Is it like a, it's just a messaging like, app? No, I might, I'm not going to do it probably as good as a job as they would do explaining their own platform, but it's like, you know, it's this where there's is like. sponsored by Clubhouse. <laughs> it's where it, there's like different um, platforms and groups you can click into and it's a live conversation. So it's, it's all voice. It's kind of like Voxer. You're just like voicing and doing audio mm. only, but. It's like you have profile, you have what's it about, and then you can start groups and you can start a conversation. And it's an amazing platform for you to just to hop on and moderate with someone and hold the conversation that you want to have. That sounds cool because you, you're a very vocal person. I mean, you always send me vocal messages, in which cases I wish they were text so that I could actually play them right then. 
but it also teaches me patience because I'm like, well, next time I'm in a place where I can actually listen, then I have this awesome voice that I get to hear. But whenever you message me, I want to know what it is immediately. Usually it's like a, I'm in a candy store and I'm like, oh yeah, where's, I want that candy, but my mom won't give me the quarter to, to, to play, you know, to turn the dial and get the candy. But I could see that being very, yeah, very beneficial. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I'll link yeah. to your website in the show notes underneath whatever podcasting app you're using and heatharmstrong.com forward slash podcast. Although big news, I'm redoing, I'm doing a new website for myself and moving to a sort of different, uh, simple, more targeted layout, which I like, but that'll yes. be a little bit before it's up. So mm. yeah, come over, get over here. <laughs> Bye. Mm. There's a place called space and it's got the magic There's a place called space and it's got the balls There's a place called space and it's got the passion There's a place called space where we can smash the walls There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity And the chatter of incompetence is slaughtered at birth In this place called space we'll build a factory of smells That will assemble with our minds and sell to earth Well, 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 what have we got here? You're still sticking around. You're still here. If you want to check out the show notes, you can walk. You walk backwards towards the corner behind your left shoulder and, and turn that corner a little bit. There's going to be a pineapple sitting there on a the table. You take that pineapple there, you shove it up your booty cheeks. Now, if you can hold that pineapple in your booty cheeks and get your cell phone out and take a picture of what it looks like, and then you can text it to my number at one eight five nine three one four five nine five eight. then... I'll send you a link to the show notes. You hear me? Okay. And I'll send you something else good too. You send me a picture of that pineapple in your booty cheeks. I'll make sure and I will fill your text message thread up with some interesting stuff, man. You know what I mean? So, uh, don't forget to wax your chest. Make sure you're bleaching your butthole. Keep everything real tidy because this is 2021, baby. Woo! Until next time, ta-ta. Ta-ta.